Hello and welcome to the new Scanlon podcast. Slightly less new than last week and indeed other times. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, joining me this week are... Ronan. And... Louise. Excellent. Great stuff, everyone. Um, Good job. We all made it. Woo-woo. Louise, what have you been watching? Well, I've been going through a bit of an Albert Finney buzz at the moment. A fine um, buzz. Yeah, yeah. Good buzz. Um, and the last film I watched was Two for the Road, which I think is a really underrated classic. I'm not sure if I've seen it. Oh, you need to watch it. Right. It's um, himself and Audrey Hepburn. Oh, sold. Audrey Hepburn says bastard in the film. What? Yeah, I'm telling you, it's got it all going on. It's from 67 and um, it's Stanley Donnelly and I think they had an affair making oh. the film. Yeah. Wouldn't there's... you know? <laughs> that kind of juice always comes through the screen. You can tell there's some sexy mm, behind the scenes. It's, yeah, it's very raunchy without being overtly raunchy. And well, there's the kind of thing of the 60s, that in-between phase where they were almost nearly allowed to be like this, but not quite. They were testing how far they could get away yeah. with these things. Well, it's a great film. It's got adultery, which you don't really see in, in films of that era. And it's um, it's got a really interesting narrative as well. So it starts spans from when they first met to their marriage and then their marriage getting into trouble. And it's kind of told in a, a non-linear way. So it, it's it's a really interesting filmmaking technique. Um, great clothes, great score, great is this, chemistry. Is this English or American? Is it American? It's... It's a bit weird. I think it's American produced, but it's set in a lot of it's set in the south of France. Oh, okay. So it's kind of got a European buzz to it as well. And then he's Mancunian, and she's wherever Audrey Hepburn's. Which planet she's <laughs> yeah. from? Uh, the Kingdom to bless us. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, I'm trying to think of supporting cast. Eleanor Braun is in it. I don't think anybody else. Of can, note. Yeah, that I can think of. Um, but. Very, very interesting, underrated film. I'd recommend it. Yeah, it's on my list. Uh, I, I love Albert Finney. Uh, he's great. And you can't watch an Albert, you know, have a bit of an Albert Finney buzz without Miller's Crossing. So, <sighs> yeah, yeah, definitely, it's definitely an in film. the. It it was the, I'd say on my, top one for a while, and then Ooh. it might have slipped down to three. Oh, okay, mm, you're holding yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah. If I'm honest, Goodfellas. Probably still my number one. <laughs> and then the Hustler number two. And then maybe Miller's Crossing. Ooh. I'm looking at the cast list for Two for the Road here. And Judy Cornwell is in there. Daisy from Keeping Up Appearances. What? What? Right? Jesus. Sold in seven sorts of ways. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta watch the hell out of this. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Near the Finney-ish line. Sorry. I'm, 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 Jesus. That's bad. Was I right on uh, Stanley? As Stanley Donnan. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Okay. And Mancini, I think, does the soundtrack. So it's just, yeah. Yeah, Donnan of uh, Singing in the Rain. And yeah. Various yep. other things, right? And uh, Funny Face. Yes. Jeez. The original Bedazzled, I think. Is he still alive? I'm, 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 my, my brain, is he still alive or did he just die? Yeah, he, he may have died very <laughs> Google that now. <laughs> have I killed Stanley Donnan? I feel like I've killed, killed Stanley, Stanley Donnan. Uh, sorry, Stanley. Although, if you're dead, it won't matter. That's sorry, won't yeah, matter. Yeah, February 21st, 2019. <laughs> You're like the Grim Cross Reaper. Cross me, Donnan, will you? <laughs> sorry. Yeah, that's, that's Jesus. Sorry, sorry. The original Bedazzled was brilliant. I might be wrong on that one. I think you did. You might be right. Um, that's the... Um, 
the Hook yeah, and the um, yeah, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. The Hook, yeah, Peter Cook. <laughs> the Hook. Yeah. It was. It was, and the soundtrack and Dudley Moore's songs and that. As a kid, I had that, that and I had it taped, and we'd just go to the songs and that. It's just <laughs> brilliant. Innocent times, Louise. Oh, I tell you. Well, yeah. There was a lot of watching there. Raquel Welsh would be like, yeah. I watch a lot of Raquel Welsh, in fairness. Uh, I didn't know she was in films. <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's neither here nor there. Uh, good God, what's happened to us? Smush. Uh, yeah. Ooh, anyway. Have you seen anything wrong? You already have seen things. We all see things. Yeah. We all see things. Um, but I I watched a few, but not a huge amount. Um, I will start with one. I watched a movie that I didn't watch various other films for. The classic uh, Leaving at Midnight, so I better watch it. A film called Sarah Plays a Werewolf. I'm really annoyed I wanted to watch this, and now it's gone. This is a Swiss film, um, about 90 minutes, just under 90 minutes long, I think. And this is really strange. It's a... It's essentially a coming of age kind of drama about centered on a young girl who I think is about seventeen and she's in this I think it's kind of like French set kind of thing, it's acting class. And in her home life then her dad and her mother she doesn't really get on with. Her brother is left to go to university and the younger sister's an annoyance. And this is a kind of classic coming of age setup, but what it really it masks initially is a kind of massively traumatic um, life um, the dad is creepy as fuck in it and she has no friends as such she kind of finds it difficult to make friends she makes stuff up just to kind of attract people you know to be a bit daring and a bit kind of strange to be interesting I guess and it's really interesting because it gets at the whole performative things through the acting class about how, you know, when you're younger, you try out almost kind of different personalities to kind of to protect yourself in, yeah. and to fit in and all those kind of things that you do. And it, and it really gets at the kind of performativity of the way, particularly when you're younger, you need as a kind of self-defense um, thing. And the girl, uh, sort of, I can't remember her first name, but her surname is Balthazar. She's very, very good. And she has this kind of look of kind of masked horror. Like, and there's points where she kind of rages out both kind of when they're kind of rehearsing and at home but where she lashed out at home is nowhere where it should be aimed at because mm-hmm. there's a terrifying kind of fear of and shame that's involved in that and it's really interesting I, I really liked it to a point it's extremely uncomfortable and intimate film like it in the sense that the camera is kind of always in these kind of close-ups and so if you, you don't really get any relief from it like no they're intense and yeah exactly that and it's it's just a little too pitch black like there's, there's very little hope here um is there any comic relief at not all or really there's a couple of moments that you could kind of maybe had a stretch say it's that yeah uh like it's impressive it's like it's a debut i think it's one of the the debut strand the movie that's it uh catherine white's i think's the name of the director and she she there's nothing wrong everything she shoots is really interesting and it's fascinating but it's just overbearing like I by the end of it I like I couldn't ever see myself watching it again and mm-hmm. it's not that it's, it's any it's not particularly explicit or anything and but the intensity of it is really a lot so it's like oh Jesus I'm glad that's over even though I was impressed by quite a bit but I'm don't ever kind of want to watch it again I find uh, in, in those kind of films when you're in the cinema 
I'm the one that's kind of laughing at a point where nobody else is laughing. Yeah, and then I'm like, oh, of, oh, oh. But it's oh. a kind of tension release thing. Yeah, it's like just, nervous, yeah. nervous tension. It's harsh. Like, I mean, films, and one particular, this not this is not the same because the one I'm thinking of is worse than this, is The War Zone, the Tim Roth film. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, <sighs> that, Tim that's... Tim Roth's only directorial film. Ray Winston. Ray that Winston. Was... That's one of the grimmest, and I mean grimmest films I've ever seen. And it... Uh, no, it's... I, uh, it, yeah. I wouldn't even recommend it. There's not that there's no skill involved there is but Jesus I think we had a conversation after that film where I'd watch it and it, it's the grimmest thing you could watch and then I, I said and, um, I, wonder, I wonder what happened to the baby and Jason put me wise about that and yeah. I was like oh god yeah it's, that's not <laughs> don't watch it uh, no save yourself no. it's a uh, but I wonder, did Tim Roth have a few films lined up in the studio when they made that? And then they were like, no. <laughs> We've got this musical, Tim. Shut the fuck up. You've delivered your drama. Get the hell out of the building. Uh, and it was amazing it didn't kill um, Winston's career as well. Well, it is. Like, he's doing bet, betting ads for the last decade. I'm sure he's getting anything, Jesus. <laughs> oh, that's true, yeah. They're 365. <laughs> anyway, yeah. You slag. You slag. <laughs> You're nicked, son. Uh, Although yeah. the Sweeney is one of my guilty pleasures, the Sweeney is great. I watched oh, it because of both you and Ronan told yeah. me it's terrible, but it's it is funny. Oh, but, but it is Ray fun. Winston is in his underpants running around giving <laughs> <laughs> a smack. I mean, what's not to I thought he was kind of sexy in it. Oh, Louise, I know, I know. Wash your mouth in. He had a kind of uh, Gene Genie from Life on Mars, Five of Men. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Don't judge. I'm, I, I know. I, I fully support. <laughs> stop, stop about you um, I draw the line of plan B I mean but yeah <laughs> God he's a dull art isn't he my god how did he ever get a career anyway he's not very good no I mean, no uh, no plan Z to cheer me up not from that but to, to, to go into happier waters mm. I watched Pokemon Detective Pikachu <laughs> uh, on babysitting duty because these are the things you end up watching uh, would I have watched it without that no is it any good it's not bad It like it's fun mm -hmm. it's there's no really real reason for it to exist except to sell whatever things they sell which takes about 20 minutes it was like what the fuck is that yeah. and it's, it's, it's been explained to a patient nine-year-old is exactly what that is a uh, very patient nine-year-old of my dad um <laughs> and kind of but it, it's not particularly long it doesn't say it's welcome the effects are pretty good the young kid that leads whose name is casey completely is pretty good has a nice central idea even though you know you could pick it apart if you wanted to uh, nothing amazing but pretty solid I mean considering the films that get praise I guess yeah. for being kind of good and they're not this is kind of watchable decent solid wouldn't be going out of your way to watch it but uh, yeah is it so a Gosling or a Ryan it's a Reynolds it's oh. William Reynolds uh, he's See? he's good and he, he does good voice work uh, It's it kind of makes you feel a bit better because I hate Deadpool so I'm kind of this makes me cheers me up a little bit this is a better application of his talents such as they are um, and your mileage may vary on uh, how good you, how much you like Reynolds and all um, but he's not bad in this he, like his voice work here is pretty decent and you have to look at him so win-win as far as I'm concerned but uh, lastly I watched a film that was a discussion during the week uh, Bachelorette uh, yeah. uh, which is a film that I kind of came alongside the Hangover, in some ways. Uh, it was the it was kind of reductively called the, the female Hangover. Okay. Uh, it had Lizzie Kaplan, Kirsten Dunst, um, bum, 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 Rebel Wilson, and somebody else. 
I think Rebel Wilson is getting a lot less likable. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, it has Adam Scott in it as well. And it's directed by Leslie Hayden, I think. She's the director of one of the creators of the Netflix show with Russian Doll. Oh, okay. Uh, she wrote, she either wrote directed this or certainly directed it. Um, and this is much better than it has any right to be. Um, the setup is extremely familiar. It's the uh, wedding of one of them. Kirsten Dunst is the one that thought she was going to have the first wedding of all the friends. She's going to be the perfect bride and everything. And then suddenly she's in charge of Rebel Wilson's wedding. Who's in, and it's just like this kind of hot guy and she's <laughs> pissed it out of me. And the script is really funny. And it has, I really liked it. There's a complexity to it that had no real right to be about how women kind of push and pull away from friends that they love but actually are jealous of and kind of hate and all that kind of things you know that kind of myriad it's complex it's, it's complex. complex it is complex <laughs> um, and it has a brilliantly there's about 15-20 minute sequence towards the end that in some ways in a minor version rivals the helicopter scene from Goodfellas <laughs> in the jagged Whoa. in the jagged sense of you know there's no sense of being able to calm down because something else comes at you in a second and you just can't concentrate on what the about thing. the maramara sauce like come on <laughs> yeah i know yeah it's not, don't use too many onions uh, <laughs> but um but it has this kind of weird kind of frenetic energy which i really like um and dunst is great because she's always great lizzie kaplan is great because she's always great and there's this underlying thing about um the kind of trauma that women go through with boyfriends and people when they're younger and stuff like it's not very like it actually kind of comes into the story and I, that, it's much more complex than i would have thought it would that ain't right to me and really interesting and also quite funny you've gone soft haven't you really well yeah i have yeah yeah, yeah. i have it's yeah. true uh I saw this background when it came out which is going back a while now so i can't sort of hold on to this it's seven years ago confidence yeah. necessarily uh i don't remember much of it but i I do know I didn't like it. After High that. praise. I was, <laughs> I was out saying that it was, you know, it's produced by um, Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. And I thought yes. it was a kind of real emulation of the old school type thing they did, but like uh, refitted into sort of a, a female cast. And I suppose it comes with the caveat that I really, really, really don't like old school. So maybe this particular style of humor doesn't work for me at all. Yeah, it worked for me. Um, old school is quite beloved by a lot of people. I don't like old school, but mm-hmm. Talladega Nights. I have to go full, full stupid with it. I can't go half the way. So Anchorman does it for me. Sure. But the other ones that kind of yeah. tip towards that. I've said it before, Talladega Nights the best comedy of this century. Do you know what I like? Um, uh, it, it's the lads who did Dumb and Dumber. I can't think of their name. The Farleys. Yeah, um, Kingpin. Yes. I, I like that's Kingpin. Not this no, it's, it's, it's a long time ago. But oh, I King think it's great. it's an underrated classic yeah, no, I, of theirs. I, 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 like, I like Kingpin also. Yeah, any like, sort of graduate yeah. references, you know, it's yeah. good for me. <laughs> also that in uh, Wayne's World 2, was it? Or Wayne's World? There's graduate references. Is there? Oh, yeah. yeah. There's also more graduate references. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's move on to the, the movie news. Are you ready? Woo! Jesus, that's very exciting. <laughs> um, we love news. Um, the interesting one, actually, has anybody seen The Cured? The Irish the documentary, no. David Frame. It's very good. Uh, not documentary, it's... <laughs> the horror. 
the horror. It's a, <laughs> it's a drama. This horror. is Jason's life we're talking about. <laughs> this, actually, it's in Dublin, so it's actually not that far away. It is a Dublin set uh, kind of Sean horror zombie thing. Yeah, it's on Netflix, I think. Uh, the Cured. I didn't see this, but I heard. I liked it. Uh, it probably could have benefited from a bit more time, so yeah. TV probably would have benefited mm-hmm. more anyway. But anyway, I really liked it. Uh, it David Frayne, who directed it, has made a film as a follow called Beards which is going to be distributed here. And this is a set in mid-90s rural Ireland. Ooh. Grace would know this. Yeah. Louise, you would know this. <laughs> a centre really centers on a pair of teenagers played by Fiona O'Shea and from Handsome Devil and Lola Predigrew from A Bump Along the Way, which is in Galway, mm-hmm. uh, who fake a relationship in order to stop everyone speculating about their sexuality. Interesting. So classic yeah. beard uh, yeah. scenario. Sounds uh, like this could be really good. We don't have many of these kind of narratives yeah. in Irish film. So especially a feature length, so yeah. really welcome to see this kind of thing. Also, um, Barry Ward and Sharon Horgan as well starring in it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just finished shooting and will be released in Ireland and England. But it sounds like distribution is being sorted. Oh, happy days. I, I, I think this could be good. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm in. Uh, the other news of the film: if you if you have any nephews, nieces, or children, uh, Puff and Rock is a big thing on TV apparently. Is this the one they f- they filmed down in Smithfield or? Yes, no? it's a. Uh, oh no, I think it's um, it's Cartoon Saloon who are down in Kilkenny. Yeah, the Smithfield one is. Brown oh, bag. Yes, brown bag. Yes, there you go. Good call. Uh, but this is going to be a film of uh, Puff and Rock. I know. Okay. I presume it's massively popular on TV. We're so probably not the target audience. No. To <laughs> say the least. But I yeah. Uh, be in the top ten for a few weeks. Yeah, but it's the uh, yeah. Animation does massive business here, absolutely massive business. Uh, pretty much any film, even no matter how terrible, it'll make money because that's just how animation does. Uh, but it's going to be a, it's it's this will be terrible. No, no, it might be great, but it it'll make money regardless. Uh, it's going to be produced in Northern Ireland and it's co-funded by Northern Screen and Screen Ireland, etc., etc. So there could be a massive amount of money to be made here. Um, then the Indie Cork Festival announced that it's the world premiere of Lift, which is a documentary called about a Cork woman who. A dental receptionist and powerlifting champion, which is bizarre. But there you Jeez, go. A combo. Uh, it's a apparently uh, the uh, it's basically she kind of got into it late as a, an older woman and went to world championships, kind of over fifties kind of world championships. Good think. for her. Good for nice to see Indy Cork doing this kind of thing, showing local features. And it's a feature length documentary uh, from uh, Stanley Step Park Productions. And yeah, I, Ireland does great documentaries, so yeah, I yeah. I know that this could be very very interesting. Uh, and I'm, I'm generally on board for the documentaries. That is in October. Oh, it is, yeah. I was just about to say that. Thank you, Ron. A film I have seen, actually, uh, No Stone Unturned yeah. no, no by Alex Gibney, who makes like 50 documentaries a year. He's Blessing. incredibly busy, uh, which is about the Lucklands Island massacre uh, in the 90s at the time of the, I think it's the Ireland Italy World Cup match in 94. Oh, yeah. uh, and it's a documentary about where they burst into the pub and start shooting documentary is good uh, I wouldn't be as wild about it perhaps as some others but it's really interesting and it's been nominated for an Emmy uh, for an investigative, investigative documentary category uh, at the 40th News and Documentary Emmy Awards there's a lot of Emmy Awards these days is it going to get any any sort of mainstream coverage or uh, well it got a release uh, about a year ago year okay. and a half ago uh, brief enough I think it's out for a couple of weeks I caught it um, I think in the lighthouse and it's not bad I, it'll end up 
rocking up on either some sort of pay-per-view or streaming service at some point I'd say mm-hmm. it's interesting like it's a really interesting story I think that, that could have been told slightly better for me but it, I, re- I liked it and it's really interesting you you really have to be in the mindset to sit yeah, down and watch something yeah. like and that they're very heavy and, and, and there's a lot of stuff's come up because it's uh, it is um, it's come up in the news because the journalists who wouldn't reveal sources were arrested I think by the PSNI yeah. the last year oh. so there's a bit of a thing around this so it's kind of quite, quite topical at the moment so yeah watch the space in that regard um, but yeah it, I, you know, good on them more Gibney has produced two more documentaries since I started speaking about it so uh, <laughs> you know that's what he does uh, a couple of smaller things uh, The Irishman the Martin Scorsese trailer Ah, yes. came out this week and with that news that it's opening New York for Film Festival in September at the end of September yeah. uh, that would be have you watched the trailer? I've watched the trailer I'm excited Ronan have you watched the trailer? I have yeah it's I'm also excited in the sense that it looks like a good old Marty gangster mm-hmm. picture yes until those last 30 seconds with the the dead eyes the, yeah, the, dead the Pierre Cushion in Star Wars uh, yeah, mm, sort of that Uncanny sort Valley of, you know ironed out forehead de-aging technology that it looks good as these things go, but there's something. How can you sustain that in a film? Um, yeah, somebody on Twitter said, "Hey, that like uh, I seen they succeeded in making uh, Rob De Niro the Asian from seventy-five to seventy-three, <laughs> <laughs> which actually <laughs> made me laugh." Absolutely. He's not supposed to be married to Anna. Um, is it Paquin? Oh, please! No, but oh, they, they were the Asian. That's oh, not. That's, that's oh. the year. It's a Woody Allen territory there. I, I, I'd rather not see that if that's <laughs> Jesus. the case. Imagine it was Joe Pesci. It was like a hundred. <laughs> God, the mind boggles. No, no, I hope you no, got no. a lot of money. I found myself me. watching parts of that trailer and just sort of being like, "Hang on, now is he supposed to be de-aged there? I can't quite tell what." I know because yeah, I know, and that's. I hope this will become clear. Trailers can be generic as all hell to sell a particular thing. So and. Yeah, uh, Scorsese has obviously he's got you know history here, and he knows yeah. what he's doing generally. I'm still worried. It hasn't hasn't uh, lessened my worries yeah. about the whole the agent thing because it's idiotic as an idea in my opinion. But ho- if anybody can get away with it, it I'm hoping they can. What length of the film is given over? Yes. The characters yeah. at these points. Just uh, get that kid back from the the a Bronx Tale. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah, a yeah. spit of De Niro. <laughs> Although he's probably like forty. Although <laughs> yeah. probably work actually. Yeah. I, Oscar I, Isaac's right there for the love of God he could have played Pacino uh, anyway yeah well I just the the eyes bugged me I didn't realise he was supposed to be a younger man I just looked at his blue eyes and went oh god black mass all over again uh, like those uh, eyes were ridiculous so yeah, yeah. We, we, we can be hopeful we'll see I'm, I'm terrified we'll pretty soon and also just this weekend this hopefully well for the weekend the Gays Film Festival is on the latest Indeed. Which Ron will be out and about. I may catch one or two films. I'm hoping. Yeah. Bit, bit um, of a busy it's weekend. A really, really strong slate. We talked about it over the last couple of weeks. Uh, actually, this week I rewatched Boy Saint, which is the best of the Irish short slate. There are eight films in the Irish shorts program this year, and it's an incredibly strong program. Um, yeah. You know, there's not a dud in there. Which is uh, there are some some really really strong showings. There's an absolute wealth of great queer content that we're creating these days, and this is a really really strong showcase. So if you're around for it, absolutely. Go Ireland and a lot of a lot of really great features. Uh, Knife and Heart, I hugely recommend. Jonathan Agassi, Save My Life. Um, there's Sebastian, the dark German film. Barbara oh yeah, yeah. Marilyn yeah. Briggs retrospectives. Loads to go to. Bade your feet. That's easy. Right, are we ready for the top ten? Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Right, at ten. Oh God. The Intruder, which is this kind of terrible thriller, which I 
didn't even think it was being released as such, but apparently it is. Um, and I've heard it's crap from various people, so yeah. I won't be won't be here next week anyway. So well, there you go. Well, couldn't even tell you who's in that one. Nobody could. It's, no. it's a secret. Um, <laughs> you have to buy a ticket. <laughs> buy a ticket. <laughs> Imagine, that marketing right? tactic has not worked. No, that's not. <laughs> All right. You're in at number ten. <laughs> at nine, speaking of animation, The Secret Life of Pets two, uh, which I I didn't see The Secret Life of Pets one. No. 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 Uh, I'm not going to see this either. Animation does okay. This has stayed in for it's been around for a few weeks now, and it'll probably knock around for another week. Just need another school holiday to bounce it back up the list for another couple of weeks. So, you know, these films make their money and then some. Speaking of kids' movies, at number eight, Horrible Histories, which is the kind of adaptation of the TV show, which is the adaptation of books around this kind of stuff. Uh, these do very well. They get reviewed quite well as well, actually. And they're kind of kind of scatological nonsensey. <laughs> Manky exactly kind of what kids like. exactly what kids like, and this will do okay. I think it'll probably do better internationally in terms of England and stuff. I think they've done a bunch of plays over here as such, but uh, yeah, you know, more kids stuff at number seven. <gasps> are you ready? Yeah, Louise, prepare yourself. Yesterday, oh, <laughs> did all your troubles seem so far away? Oh, I, um, I had so many problems with this film. I, I just this like, is this is I hate and I hate. I'm not a big fan of the ball. I despise Richard Curtis, so lay it on me. Well, I didn't know Richard Curtis was involved, but I got a big sniff of him during the film, <laughs> and I was like... There's nothing worse oh, than a sniff of Richard Curtis. Not though. happy. Not happy at all. Um, can we do spoilers on this? Oh, or? yeah, I have had it. I, I spoiled it to start. Spare people having no, I literally spoiled it before it came out uh, on this podcast. So, oh, so there, there, was, there was a lot of problems, but my big problem was when he met John Lennon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> for yeah. fuck's sake and John Lennon was just living out his life all happy out I am John Lennon <laughs> yeah. I beat my wife yeah yeah I kind of skipped Sorry, over him killing like Stuart O'Keefe and yeah yeah, a uh, anyway, yeah 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 just problem after problem and very unlikable characters and yeah Rich Curtis smugness nearly said another word there yes <laughs> yeah. we, we understand yeah, we, yeah. We, we, we totally get it uh, oh yeah not good do you know when the, the character just comes out as a real selfish bastard and they don't even try and mask it and you're like that's a Richard Curtis yeah and you're just like they know that the audience has lost interest and I was just kind of hemmed in and couldn't use the toilet or escape so I was <laughs> I was stuck there for the full way yeah it, it wasn't good and you think a, a Beatles soundtrack would get you through a really really terrible film no no yeah yeah I'm not, I'm never seeing this like ever. I'm gonna tie you to a chair and make you. <laughs> no, no, I would rather die. But what happened, Danny Boyle? Because Train Spotting Two was quite good. I yeah, Danny Boyle is a, one of those yo-yo directors that can be really good and can be really terrible, and sometimes in the same film. Hello, Trance. Uh, yeah, trance is wild. Trance is a bonkers pile of yeah. shit. Like it's terrible. Not good, but I enjoyed it. I wish I'd never seen it, but I kind of had fun when I was watching yeah. it. It was a very strange film. I haven't heard of this one. Watch Trance. <sighs> I think it's, I'm Danny Boiled off now. Yeah, Danny <laughs> Boiled off. You've lanced that, Danny Boyle. <laughs> Danny Boiled over. Oh, Danny Boyle. Oh, the pipes, Jesus. the pipes. Are, sorry, sorry, I'm going to stop there. Um, but yeah. Did he, did he dump Bond to do this? No, he got dumped from Bond, I think. Uh, they seen yesterday. They're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, no. The thing is, like, I saw you at Richard Curtis' house. <laughs> no, I, I think what happened was, he could have ditched Bond, then this came together. And this was made like six months. You know. Which, yesterday was. Yeah. Which oh. probably shows. Uh, stop Richard Curtis at all costs. Six minutes. Uh, 
Anyway. At number six, The Current War. I'm not. No. Stop. Electric. No. I'm hearing. I'm hearing. Such a Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. Martin Scorsese's the, the producer, no, I think. Scorsese lends his name. He looked at the script once and that's what happens. Yeah. He doesn't give two hoots with this. Uh, it's Benedict Cumberbund, doesn't it? Uh, doing his usual. Michael I'm English. Yeah, Michael Shannon is just acting with a moustache. He used to be good. Like, yeah, he used to, used be, to be very good. And then he started appearing in well, anything. He, he'll still turn out a great performance in things, but yeah. he, you know, he's no longer that mark of quality. He's always no. going to be very good in things. I've yeah. seen him as Elvis. No, <laughs> kind of, yeah. That was the death knell for him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Poor Michael Shannon. I know. And you he think was, you have a charge from this though, wouldn't you? No, it just, he was very good in Boardwalk Empire. That was, yeah. I think, the first yeah. time he caught my attention. I thought, oh, God, he's going to be real heavyweight. What's the film you, you recommend to me that I watched? Uh, the bicycle one? Uh, the bike one, uh, Premium Rush. The fucking bonkers. Ron recommended to me a while back, and Darren did as well, uh, Premium Rush. Uh, Michael Shannon and Joseph Gordon Levitt. Joseph Gordon Levitt is a bicycle courier who oh. runs a runs a fellow of uh, Michael Shannon in the streets of New York. It's great it's fun. It's nonsense. nonsense. But boy, Jesus, it's great nonsense. like the pacing of it. It's just yeah, nonstop. Yeah, is it like a falling down kind of... No, it's just a no, chaser to the city Yeah. in weird sort of ways. It's With really good fun. Stakes, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, like, there's nothing really to it <laughs> except he annoys him and then we're off. And it, like, it's oh, that like, happens to me all the time. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a Tony Scott film in that yeah, kind of yeah, simplicity. Yeah. Like, just done, set up, done, go. And it's okay. really fun. I'd recommend it. You'll like it. You'll like it. Just try, open a bottle of wine and you'll be away in a hack here. A revenge film about I nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it. I watched it last year. I think or before. And I was like, this is mad stuff. Yeah. It makes no sense. But it's like, the bicycle stuff makes no sense either. But anyway, it's great. It's great. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Anyway, at number five, Annabelle Comes Home. Would you stop? How many of these are there? Annabelle, <laughs> the twelfth film in the Annabelle franchise, and nobody gives a clusterfuck about. Uh, I've never, I've watched one of, no, I haven't watched any of these. I've watched the, whatever the original, what was the original one? Their spinoffs. Of, I've watched uh, the. Oh, Amaville. No. Oh, it's the other the one. Newer series. The, the Conjuring. Uh, there you go. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm not watching it. I'm never it's watching all these. In the non-extended universe. Yeah, the non-extended <laughs> universe. Which is sister act. Sister, oh, I'd like sister. I'd watch a sister. Yeah, me too. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I didn't see Annabelle. Any of them? Uh, I'm not going to start here. No, just... At four, Spider-Man: Far From Home. He's an unusual old guy to play Spider-Man, isn't he? Who? Is Spider-Man? I, yeah, I take it Spider-Man's not ever supposed to be sexy. Is he no, like well, Spider-Boy? He's, he's a teenager, though. Okay. Well. Jeez, something <laughs> creepy about it, like Spider-Kid. Spider kids. <laughs> no, I, I actually like him Spider Man. He's he's the he's the right age in the sense that he's supposed to be a bit naive and a bit. I thought Spider Man was supposed to be like Batman. I no, was like, no, why no, are no, all no, these no, children no. playing him? No, mm. Batman is your kind of. There's asshole. all your ratings gone down now. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're gonna get arrested after this one, isn't uh, But no, Spider Man is the kind of teenage in school. The fact that you've kind of aged him for previous films with Chinhal and Garfield a little bit, uh, but they've brought it back to the kind of original. Why can't he be a good-looking kid? Give me something to work with. Jesus. Jesus. I like Tom Holland. Give me an attraction. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Give me something to aim for. Stop saying this, lads. We're going to get arrested. (laughs) Good Lord. Let's move on before uh, before, before (laughs) we start. (laughs) It's okay when we're going to do it. He he is legal. (laughs) It is legal to to find Tom Holland attractive. Let's just for the... You know you're in trouble. 
saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a disclaimer in here. Ah, uh, uh, jeez, what are you doing to me? <laughs> Let's move on very quickly. At three, <laughs> Toy Story 4. I haven't seen that. I, I, I like the Toy Story franchise, though. Me too. But do you remember when like uh, Pixar films were essential? You essentially mm. had to go to them. Now, yeah, the, now I can't be arsed. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't I, that long ago. Like, Inside well. Out was essential. Yeah, yeah. I probably agree. Mm. No? But it's just overkill. There's too many of them. Yeah. There are too many of them. Yeah. That's true. And I don't want to prop up that evil empire of Disney. Anymore. Yeah. No. And Keanu Reeves as a new big styling isn't really like, woo-woo. He's the evil Knievel character. Is he? Oh, I missed that. A bad evil Knievel, not who I, I'd want someone more subtle. Evil Knievel is a bad He there's a very good documentary about him. He is a badass. Yeah, he is. I I saw a film of his years ago. Lads, your favourite film of the year is at number two. You ready? Oh you ready? Woo woo. No, it does not run. Uh <laughs> it does it have hot children? Andre Rue. Maastricht concert. Like who's, who's going to watch Andrew Ryu in July? It's number two. It's, you, you do that at Christmas or there's a New Year's Andrew Ryu ball and watch it. Listen, don't, don't crystal take, it up, take it up with take it up with the. Uh, who goes to that in July? It's sunny out. What are you doing? People, but people who go see anything. People like it's on Sky Arts every two minutes. It is, Why are you going to the it is on Sky Arts every two minutes. It's just That's not to, bad. Like, a lot of like Sky Arts is like seventy percent of Sky Arts is Andrew Ryu concerts. Why? This is just him and his fiddle, isn't it? Yeah. Or violin or whatever. <laughs> what has happened to this podcast? My God, get out of Syracuse. I feel like it's never been like this before. <laughs> him and his fiddle. That's a study I know it has been many times. Oh, yeah. Now, let's see if there's anything more sexy at number one. At number one, <laughs> The Lion King. Louise, I believe you have seen The Lion King. Yes. <laughs> Let's keep it clean, though. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I have, I have seen it, um, and I did enjoy it Unt- until the point where where Seth Rogen was revealed as the warthog, and then it, it should have all he was a warthog. Who else would play him? Only Seth Rogen, and then I died a little bit inside because I hate, yeah, I hate I, him. I could take a lead, to be honest. I'm mostly leading. <sighs> no, and um, no, no, no. no. You just feel like you're just buying in too much into a franchise, and it's a dirty feeling. And then you hear his horrible. What about the look of it? Um, I I really love, <laughs> I really love hyenas as villains. So yeah, you yeah. give me a hyena as a villain, and I'm happy. I they're they're very underused in films. Yeah, I, I, I would say agree. that. Um, so yeah, the look of it. I love the the Jungle Book. Um, that live action. I, I, I like live that, action I, with with animals. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Would I be in a rush to see it or recommend it? No. I mean, <laughs> I mean we're not going to see it anyway. No. You know. No. And Scar is um. Scar was quite good. It's all about the villains in in Who the Lion King. Um. I I can't remember. Not but Irons. not Jeremy. Not sexy Jeremy Irons. No. Um. <laughs> they've made him look very very mangy. Yeah. yeah very disgusting. So yeah, he was good. The hyenas were good. Everything else. Meh. Not, not, no, not great. No. It's made a billion quid so far in like 18 Jesus. days of release or something like that. A now billion. I, f- I feel worse They're about just seeing gonna, it. Yeah, but you're the card, so like, you know, you're not directly giving them money. No, no. It's free. But we're going to get them anyway. Literally all the films make a billion. Well, what about Aladdin? That just shoot, no, that slid onto the floor. Really? Yeah, did you? Yeah. Why Ben-Richie is Guy Ritchie? upwards all the time. Who's doing this? 
There's more coming down the tracks. I though. just like that. There's five since we started the podcast. Um, um, Little Mermaid, and it's going to yeah. have Melissa McCarthy as um, Ursula. They're, they're going to do another Dalmatians, aren't they? Even though we have a perfect film with Glenn Close in it. Oh, oh yeah. They're doing one with um, uh, what's the googly eyed one? Emma Emma Stone. <laughs> she's got big Trademark. eyes <laughs> she's got big eyes she does have big eyes but it's like a weird I you meant the film character <laughs> it's like, it's like, what is it the, the googly eye uh, the 1970s uh, Disney film you didn't know yet. <laughs> that Audrey Hepburn classic that's <laughs> nice you got googly eyes <laughs> I'd watch that I'd absolutely watch that but anyway getting back to Emma Googly Eye Stone um, yeah, she's in some sort of Cruella de Vil spin-off. Because who doesn't like a good spin-off? Yeah, I don't. No, <laughs> I, leave it at Fraser, And that's just... Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult to do. But they don't care. Because they'll just make dollar, 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 dollar. That's, just give it all the money to Disney. All of it. And it's set in the modern times. Which I don't like either. Oh, God. Anyway. Modern times are the worst times. Amen, brother. Amen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, let's weirdly get to the new releases. Are we ready? Yay. Right, first up. I don't think anyone has seen this, um, but I, I have opinions probably. No uh, Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. I certainly didn't bring it up in the what we watched, but I watched the fourth of the Fast and Furious films this week, which is not very good. <laughs> uh, it's not it's not Tokyo Drift levels of Atomic Evil, but it's uh, it's okay. Like it it's just about okay. A couple of decent moments. Flat enough at points, okay enough at points. Massively homoerotic with Vin Diesel staring across the room dreamily at uh, what's his name, Paul, Paul Walker. Walker. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I'm not sure Vin Diesel's in on this, but mm-hmm. you know, there we go. Paul Walker certainly is. Um, <laughs> but it's okay. And then I've been assured by Grace and Darren and various others that I've reached the the mountain, like the top of the mountain. Okay, you've got through the first four terrible films apparently. And now oh. all the rest is gravy That's from here on in. That's such a big ask, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah, it is. Slide through these four long bad films, then you'll be rewarded. So I've four more to go before you can get to the one that's in the cinema this week. And is there a point that you have to get to these four films to to get into the flow of the films and they become better then, they just or just become less than mediocre, or better than <sighs> mediocre? Oh, Jesus, um, I don't got time for that shit. I didn't, um, and yeah, here we are. Um, but there's the new one uh, it looks bizarre I've seen trailers of it it's The Rock and Jason Statham which is a pretty good cast so I like Jason Statham but Princess Margaret's in there what? She, no in, from The Crown that, oh, that right. actress that would have been much better <laughs> Princess yeah. Margaret being resurrected yeah, I would see yeah, that yeah she would have yes. been a good mix um, and this is a spin-off uh, of The Fate the Fate and the Furious God it doesn't it, matter what, which one of them uh, so why uh, are you giving this so much airtime? it's a new big new release <sighs> Jesus Jeez, you have listen. gone soft all the Fast and the Furious fans are listening in yeah, <laughs> they, they <laughs> know what we think Graham uh, I think did a review on Scanon and, like and com- yeah but compared to um, Call Me By Your Name for uh, a love story element my, my, my. yeah indeed <laughs> which is a, a, a jump I, I haven't read yeah, the review unusual. I'm fascinated by that uh, I'm. Pr- I don't know when I'm ever going to see this. But apparently, I might at some point. Probably a year from now. Uh, I'll let you know. But uh, yeah, you it's for you kids. I feel. I never feel so old as when I'm reading about the zenith of a franchise that's in like nine right. films in. I'm just like I don't know. But uh, they make. Years, yeah, it's, they, they make me a two thousand one. I think the first one was. So yeah, not far off. Uh, but you know, enjoy people. Uh, right, let's move on. 
the Angry Birds 2. Yeah. I know you're a massive fan of Angry Birds, <laughs> Louise. Well, being one. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I don't know anything about it. Nobody does. But I'll tell you, uh, starring voice acting of Josh Gad, Jason Sudeikis, Leslie yeah. Jones, Bill Hader, Danny McBride, Aquafina, and Rachel Bloom. Pretty good uh, voice cast. Uh, I'm never seeing it, but pretty good voice cast. I'm sure it'll be in the top ten next week. Yes, I'll have to Google those people. Yeah, they're all they're all people. Um, yeah. They're all pretty good in their own way, for the most part. Uh, the thing about these kind of films, if one that makes money, you can throw money at voice cast, then for the second one, then yeah. exponentially you can keep making money. I, I can't remember who was in the first one. I presume most of them probably were in the first one. But, uh, you know, movies based on games, based on whatever. Like, this is this is the world. <laughs> Jesus, I feel very old. Anyway, um, next. This is a uh, film called The Bravest, which is a Chinese action film, which I think is only getting a release in Sydney World uh, and probably a limited release. Apparently, it did huge business in China in the way that these do. They do come and kind of cross over a little bit, yeah. um, and it, at the Asian market, in the sense of a lot of Hollywood films have uh, Asian actors and Asian sequences set in Hong Kong or yeah, uh, Beijing, or yeah, because there's. If your film was big in China, you're a couple of hundred million more into the box office. So this is so it kind of it's gone the other way a little bit, where big films in China are trying to break out towards the kind of Western market in that regard. And this is one of them. Um, I don't know a huge amount about it except to say that it did huge money in uh, in China, and it'll probably rock up on Netflix in a couple of months, like uh, a couple of others have previously. Will it be as good as Shadow? <sighs> your favorite. That was a terrible film. I, I, I don't want to talk about that again. Are these films just all action or is there yeah, any story I think they're weaved in? Mostly action. I, I don't know. There's probably Yum. propaganda in it as well, I suspect. But I, I, I don't. <laughs> it, there, Darren has discussed previously on the podcast about various kind of iterations of uh, Chinese propaganda films with... Uh, yeah. I think one of them had... Uh, was it John Scott Van Damme and somebody else in it? And it sounded utterly <laughs> bizarre. Um, so the, the, you can kind of take them with a bit of a health warning. Wild but stuff. Yeah, that it it's a kind of cutting edge of film in some ways because there are massive budgets, like and proper spends in the way that you compare proper spends to big Hollywood blockbusters. So, it's comparable. Just because we don't know about them doesn't mean they're not comparable to mm -hmm. a Fast and Furious film or whatever in terms of yeah, budget, in yeah, terms of, uh, in terms of kind of influence as well, like in China and wherever. Like, and it, it's fascinating. And Darren's very much right in that. Like, it's a, it's very much a one way relationship for the moment that you know Hollywood films export very successfully to China, but it's except for Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, there are some Bizarrely, they don't, really? they don't they don't they don't go over in China at all, weirdly. because uh, Chinese people have taste. <laughs> Sorry, Star Wars fans. Uh, I just was a bit we're mean. yet to see things flowing the other way, but that's inevitably gonna change. It's Chinese well I mean we're starting to see it. I just don't know when they're when one of them's gonna land yeah, big we'll time. Point. Yeah. And there's always that worry that, you know, like the was it the Great Wall with Matt Damon where you stick a Hollywood actor yeah, in yeah, to yeah, do yeah. or the last samurai or something to Tom Tom Cruise as a samurai in Japan. Anyway, uh, then uh, it's a couple of uh, IFI releases. Uh, one is Photograph, uh, Ritesh Batra, who made The Lunchbox, which I didn't see, uh, which I heard really good things about. Is that the Indian film? Yes. Yeah, yeah no, I, I liked that one. That yeah. was, was pretty good. I missed uh, it when it came out. Um, a kind of a, a charming kind yeah, yeah, that's of rom-com yeah, yeah, with yeah. a little bit of depth to it. This looks very much cast in the same mold as that. Yeah, it's a about a street photographer in Mumbai, in Mumbai in Mumbai pressured to marry by his grandmother, convinces a shy stranger to pose as fiance, as his fiance. The pair develop a connection that transforms them in ways they could not expect. So Aww. this scene's nice and gentle and funny and all the rest of it. 
Um, and I think they open to the Eye Fight tomorrow. And probably worth catching. I presume you've seen it in trailers some point or Oh, well, there you go. Um, and another one in the Eye Fight opening tomorrow, which Mark and M- Mark Mode gave five stars to in the Observer on Sunday. Uh, Only You, which is a romantic film directed by. This is a, a woman director. Her name is Harry Wootliff. W O O T L I F F. Remarkable name, isn't it? That yeah. smells of upper class. But anyway, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. That's a uh, damning insult to Mrs. Wootliff. It is. I apologise, Miss Wootliff, and your Baron and Baroness parents. Um, directed, uh, starring Leia Costa and Josh O'Connor from uh, God's Own Country. Oh, yes. uh, Oh, he, yeah, yeah, he's, he's very, very good. He is very good. And um, this is a kind of a love story in the kind of, I think it's a couple that meet New Year's Eve and kind of seeking the kind of stay together after the initial kind of okay. chance meeting, you know? Like, like it's a kind of familiar. You're not selling that to me. No, yet. no, it's a familiar story. Uh, Kamau's massive on it. Huge big fan of it. Like five stars for a kind of romantic kind of film is pretty strong. Uh, I've seen kind of slightly less from most around that, mm. but the word is pretty, pretty decent. Um, so you know, I have fight there. Uh, and finally, a couple of uh, a couple of re-releases that both the Lighthouse and the I are showing. Uh, Old Boy, uh, Pak Chan Wook film. Oh, from excellent! Back in the day. Why? Why, Why not? Really, not? Yeah, it's great. It's not that it's long ago, it. is it? Yeah, ten years maybe. No, I think it was back around two thousand six. Was it? Jesus. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, only thirteen years. But uh, you know, usually these things get an anniversary. Twenty, mm-hmm. thirty years, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I like Old Boy uh, quite a bit. Um, yeah, I, I, there's no, I don't know if there's a reason. I think it's got a restored 4K kind sure. of uh, restoration of it, but I didn't think it needed a restoration. But there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a fine film. Uh, it is, and a good one to see in the cinema, yes. especially with someone who hasn't seen it yes, before. Because there's certain sequences that may <laughs> mm-hmm. make people a little uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Was it? So it's 15 or 16 years old? We, myself and Rona, went to see um, Hidden. Did you see Hidden with us? No, no, you just no, uh, recommended it. And missed it. We'd, we'd, we'd both seen it obviously before, and there's a sequence in that film, a scene in that film that if you hadn't seen it before, uh, and there was a there was a couple of screams from the audience yeah. when it right. happened. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they're not expecting a certain part. And if you've seen it, it's still Wonderful. pretty shocking though. But yeah. uh, but if you're aware of it, an old boy might have that kind of same effect. Yeah. I think in terms of a particular couple of points I can mm-hmm. recall. And the other re-release, and this one I really want to get to next week, is the 30th anniversary of Spike Lee's Do The Right Thing, uh, which is a remarkable and I would say landmark film in Hollywood, particularly black Hollywood cinema. Um, and I suppose it's still considered uh, Lee's best film, but I think there's a few that would challenge it. I, yeah. I think he's a remarkably prolific filmmaker. Uh, he's made a huge amount of films and I, I like quite a lot of them and I've still a few that I haven't seen because yeah. uh, they just tend to kind of disappear and stuff like that. Uh, some of them are smaller, some of them are documentaries, some of them are kind of strange satires that are made for nothing and he's, he's done all sorts like and the right thing is brilliant and intense and weird. I'm so annoyed in a way that I only rewatched this quite recently because I'd love to have uh, you know seen it again for the first time in a long time on the big screen. Yeah, it, that, in a sweltering mode. It home, it, really surprised me that it wasn't quite what I remembered it's really interestingly pitched you know it opens or is it, it closes I think with uh, two quotes from Martin Luther King and not Max and it's really pitched between those two philosophies yeah the, of, the oh, peaceful quotation or the violence or kind of are we like mandated by the way we're being treated yeah. to take up arms and it doesn't find an easy answer there no it kind of 
just suggests the contradictions there and how difficult the situation is and God it still plays well today yeah I, it's changed in 30 years I'm hoping to catch it next week I'd, like it's been a good few years since I've seen it and I think it's going to take the chance to see it in the IFI I think or at Lighthouse uh, I haven't seen this one so I'll, I'll oh, chop that down it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's great it's essential it's uh, terrific himself in it is yeah. so good the yes. cast is fantastic Danny Aiello some of the great Italian American actors exchanges yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm a huge Lee fan I'd say um, you can't do it wrong when the, the Levy breaks the documentary on New Orleans or country and it's one of the best documentaries ever made oh my god I really it. It. oh my jeez I'm not sure it's released either like it's uh, couple, maybe five years when, when I was younger um, 25th hour was my favourite film huh? there you go I have to say Black Handsman didn't do it for me I really like oh, it Mm, I don't know I just do you know when you find a, a plot hole very early on in a film yeah, and then you can't it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I couldn't get past that no that's fair enough uh, I think maybe I'll get over myself next time I see it finally you'll get over yourself <laughs> <laughs> I'm an angry bird what can well, I yeah, say that's true. she's an angry bird too <laughs> uh, sorry it's keeping us the top though um, but yeah uh, okay I, old boy. <laughs> oh, oh and then some <laughs> But I do the right thing most of, most of the time. <laughs> Jesus, will we ever stop? Right, that's it. Go home. Get some sleep. Rest. You crazy bunch of mothers. Right, bye. Bye. bye.